Hello, and welcome back to the Practicing Alchemy podcast. It's your host, Allie. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, So let's just get right into it. I thought this week I would break it down a little and get real with you guys, although I feel like I've done that before already. So um, I just want to talk about uh, anxiety. So as you saw from the title of this podcast, anxiety, you beephole. <laughs> I guess I could just say, you asshole, because that's how I feel about anxiety. I have come to better terms with it, so now I guess I sort of see my anxiety as a unique trait that I have that makes me me, but it's still very frustrating on certain days when I feel like it is controlling me rather than me controlling it. So honestly, let's just start from the beginning. My relationship with anxiety started when I was pretty young. I just didn't realize it. Uh, When I was younger, I would get stomach aches all the time. This started like when I was a kid. I would not be able to have sleepovers at friends' houses. I would go over to sleepover and then I would call my mom at like 12 or 2 or something and make her come pick me up because I just, I would get a stomach ache and I would cry and I just wanted my mom. And for the longest time, we thought it was just homesickness, you know, and me not wanting to be away from her. But I would always get these stomach aches. I would get the same kind of stomach aches before soccer practice. My training was usually like 30 to 45 minutes away. So anytime my mom and I would get in the car, I would sit in the back seat of the car and just lay down because I always had a stomach ache on the way to training. When I came home, I was fine. But on the way to training, I would cry the whole way and beg my mom to let me not go. I would have those same stomach aches before any soccer games. I actually wouldn't be able to eat. I would lose my appetite entirely, especially if it was a morning game. I could have like a banana beforehand and that was eat because I just like had such a stomach ache and I felt so nervous and just not hungry. High school wasn't so bad. I mean, during my high school soccer games, it was the same thing. But, you know, moving through high school, I didn't have any huge stresses in school, um, thankfully. So I was okay there. But moving into college, same thing. I would get the same stomach aches before every practice, every game, even classes. I started to get stomach aches before classes to the point where I would set my alarm and make sure I showed up extra early, like 30 minutes early to classes because I was always worried I was going to miss class or I would be the last one walking in and everyone would look at me or I would forget something and have to go back to my room and get it. So I had a lot of anxiousness around that. But this whole time when I was younger, when I was going through college, I never thought to put a name to what I was feeling. I always just assumed it was nerves. And that's as much as I would call it. In college, I also found that these feelings manifested into other places in my life, like relationships. So for instance, um, I went through a breakup my freshman year in college with this kid. And I, when I broke up with him, I felt so bad that I broke up with him. And he was so sad that I just continued to hang out with him. It's like I couldn't not hang out with him because I knew how much he was hurting. And it's fine. Like, I didn't want to be with him, but I would just, you know, sacrifice my feelings for his. And it wasn't because I was in love. (laughs) It was because I didn't want him to feel bad. And it made me feel bad 
when he felt bad. And this happened two or three times in two other relationships, two or three other relationships where I would put the other person's emotional needs before mine because I didn't want to rock the boat. I wanted to make sure I kept the peace. So throughout college, I kind of self-diagnosed myself with anxiety. I read more on it. Um, I had more friends who we talked about it. We started opening up conversations and talking about these feelings, and we realized it was, in fact, anxiety. And that's something I mentioned in the previous podcast, is just being open and vulnerable enough to share these things with others really make space for everyone to be truly themselves. And that's how I felt with anxiety. My childhood best friend, Ashley, who's still my best friend now, um, she struggles with anxiety too. And it was through her that I really realized that what I was feeling was anxiety. You know, we didn't always feel the same things or at the same magnitude, but I was definitely feeling similar things to her. And Honestly, it's been so validating having her as a friend because we can share so many anxious situations back and forth. And, you know, they're not fun, but it it's it feels good to know there's someone else out there who understands you. Even if they can't do anything about it, just having that that ear or that shoulder, you know, that it's super important to feel not alone. So After I sort of self-diagnosed myself with anxiety, I had that horrible breakup that we talked about that also changed my life amazingly for the better, but I started going to therapy. So before my life changed for the better, I started going to therapy and it was in therapy that I really was able to discuss my anxiety with, you know, um, a licensed professional. And as much as I loved talking to my friends and family about what I was feeling, it felt so good to talk to someone who knew exactly what I was going through, like the actual science behind it. We talked about my childhood and that's kind of when she told me, you know, it sounds like you've always had anxiety. These stomach aches, you know, your stomach's super tied to your mental side of things. So when you're anxious and your brain's anxious, like that can manifest in your stomach. It can manifest in a whole bunch of other ways. So that was really interesting for me to learn. I had never thought that I had anxiety growing up. Again, I just thought I was nervous. Um, So for her to validate me and tell me, you have had anxiety forever. (laughs) It's not just a new thing because of this breakup. It's a thing that you've always had. It's just sometimes it shows up more than others. In some situations, it's worse than others. She also sort of insinuated that everyone is anxious. It's all just in varying degrees or varying levels, you know? anxiousness can manifest itself in different ways. So after I learned this, I kind of started to understand that and realize humans were just all so connected. And there's always going to be someone who feels the same way as you, who has been in the same situation as you, you know, is going through the same amazing things or horrible things. Our experiences, although they are unique, there's always someone who's been through the same thing. So that kind of made me feel less alone to know so many people are anxious. So many people deal with depression and it's not this taboo thing anymore. It's not something that, you know, they put you in a straitjacket and send you away uh, for. It's something that people live with every day. It's a very real thing that people just, we deal with. That is kind of where it's at. We're just dealing with it now, but it's so much more talked about. So now it's, it's not taboo and it's not, let's hide this away. 
It's let's talk about this and let's find ways to to move through it. Something else that I had a lot of anxiety around was control. Well, that's the biggest one. Control for me, I found out, is the reason I am so anxious because I feel that I need control in all situations over all people. So obviously, as you can hear how that sounds, it's not really something that I get very much. <laughs> and it's probably not something I should have very much. It would not be a very fun life. And also, I would not be challenged if I had complete control. But it was something that I struggled with when I started going to therapy and still struggle with now. And my therapist taught me that I can do my best to share with others lessons or things I believe, things I think will help them, but I cannot make them take it on. It is their responsibility to decide if they want to change or even decide if they want to hear what I'm saying. But I cannot keep investing so much in their changing or in them validating because I will make myself sick about it. And then I will ruin my own mental health by trying to get someone to understand me. <laughs> so that was something that I took and have tried to use a lot in my relationships is just knowing that I can only do so much and then I just have to relinquish that control. That was like that, that podcast I talked about lose control and find peace. And that applies to this specifically, you know, the relationships when you do your very best and then relinquish that control, you will find peace knowing that you've done everything you could. And now it's not on you. The responsibility is not yours. You can breathe easy and know that you've done everything and not feel like you're a waste of space, you know, or you didn't do good enough. And that ties into your enoughness. It does not. It's two entirely different things. Around the same time that I was going to therapy, I was struggling with anxiousness and depression, as I mentioned, and I was finding it hard to do a lot of things. You know, I hadn't been in relationships or been surrounded by people for so long in my life, you know, playing on sports teams, going to college, that I didn't do a lot of stuff on my own. And also I didn't want to, so I avoided those things on purpose. But after I moved out to California, my parents are both working and my brother lived in LA. My other brother was living in Australia. So I was pretty alone. I didn't have a job yet. So I had to do a lot of things by myself. And at first it was a huge struggle, like even just going to the store by myself to get groceries or going to a coffee shop by myself. Uh, I felt very self-conscious. I felt a lot of judgment. I was worried about how I looked or what I was saying. And then I spoke to my therapist and I actually got on antidepressants. That's around the time I got on antidepressants because I didn't feel like I had a good hold on my mental and emotional state. After I got on antidepressants, it took a little while to get into my system, but I started to feel less anxious about doing things. I was able to go out on my own, you know, just go to the beach and relax and not be worried about someone, what someone was thinking about me or how I looked or was someone watching me and thought it was dumb that I just tripped or whatever. I was able to do more things and not feel so anxious. But as I continued to stay on them, I started to feel that it mellowed out my other emotions as well. Maybe I wasn't feeling so anxious and I wasn't feeling so sad at these deep, deep lows. But I also found that I wasn't feeling these incredible highs either. 
it sort of toned off both sides of my emotional complex. So I was operating in sort of a plateau phase. And as much as it felt good to not burst into tears suddenly, it also didn't feel good because I felt like it was taking away a piece of me, you know, my creative side, the one that inspired me to start a blog in the first place and start writing and create these poems. It had become numb. So I made the decision to stop antidepressants. And this was a decision for me based on my life. I'm not suggesting that if you're on antidepressants, you stop. I'm not suggesting if you're not, you start. It's all up to you. You know, it depends on how you feel. This is just my personal journey with it. So I decided to get off antidepressants and just live my life with the incredible lows, but also the incredible highs. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So that was 2017 and now it's 2021. And wow, a lot of last year, I kind of wish I was back on antidepressants. I pushed through it and I'm really proud of myself, honestly, for for getting through that. And I'm proud of all of you listening for getting through last year as well, because that was no easy feat for anyone. Like seriously, anyone, if you got through, kudos. I'm so glad you did. So now my life journey is uh, pretty much an up and down all the time. You know, I uh, still feel anxious almost all the time. Basically every day, there's something that causes me to be stressed or nervous or get sweaty or have a stomach ache. Yeah, I mean, that that has not stopped. I just sort of deal with it. And now my new thing this year, I've been working on the past couple months that I'm starting this year is when I feel anxious, I just keep doing the things. You know, I used to always, when I felt anxious, I would go take a nap or I I would ruin my whole day. I would just say, okay, today's a wash. I'm feeling anxious. That means I can't do anything today. I just need to focus on myself and relax. And that worked. And I'm glad I gave myself that space to do that. But now I feel like I need to be able to do my everyday life while I'm still anxious because I'm anxious a lot for no reason. So I've started trying to just keep pushing through my day. Not do anything crazy, not go overboard, but if I had planned to work out later and I'm feeling anxious this morning, I'm still going to go to my workout. It may not be amazing, but I'm going to do it because I know that I can still accomplish all of my tasks, even with anxiety. My anxiety will not hold me back from doing the things that I had planned already. This does not pertain to like social situations or some things that are really hard. You know, if I was like, I'm going to do a bunch of content creation for my brand tomorrow and then I wake up and I feel terrible, I probably don't do the content creation because it's not going to come off well. All those icky feelings are going to manifest themselves into my content. So I wouldn't do that. But if I was like, I'm going to go to the beach tomorrow and then get coffee and then I felt gross, I would still try and do those things so that I can sort of learn how to deal with anxiety and still move through those feelings. I can still be anxious while I'm drinking coffee. It's a terrible duo. I do it every single day, but that's my point is that I can still do the things even when I am feeling gross. And like I said, I do feel gross a lot. Just off the top of my head, things that still make me feel anxious to this day, every day, going shopping alone. 
This is for clothes, groceries, anything really. New things always make me feel anxious. I can be going to a new restaurant for the first time, driving down a new road for the first time, meeting a new person for the first time. Last minute plans. I suck at last minute plans. If it's the morning and you invite me to go somewhere for dinner, maybe, just maybe, will I be able to rearrange my brain in time. But if it's like 2 p.m. and you're like, hey, let's go grab food at like 5, I'm going to have to sit with that for at least half an hour before I tell you if I can do it or not, because that's way too last minute. And of course, Stacy, my partner, is like the most last minute person ever. She's such a free spirit, has no trouble dropping everything she's doing to go do something else. So I'm working on the last minute plans, but she knows, oh, does she know that if she wants something bad, she's going to have to tell me about it a couple of days in advance because I need that time to think about it. Not spending the night in my own bed. That makes me so anxious. And I realize this is because my bed, sleeping at night alone, is my decompressing state. That is where I go at the end of the day to release all of the feelings that I have been holding all day. That's where I go to de-stress. That's where I go to be alone. And it is the one spot, the one place, the one moment in my day I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to feel anything. I can just be. So that is my safe space. I feel anxious when I'm not there. Phone calls. Any phone call, doesn't matter who, besides my mom and probably Stacy. Those are about the only two that don't give me anxiety. Just random phone calls. I hate when people randomly phone call me. Randomly phone call. Randomly call me. It's so stressful. You have to like prep people for this. Hey, I'm going to call you at this time. Okay, great. Now I can get my brain around it. Work calls always make me anxious no matter what time. If they tell me a month in advance, I'm still going to be anxious. I just hate phone calls. Being one-on-one with people makes me so anxious. I'm always thinking, what am I going to say to them? What if we run out of conversations? I'm so awkward. I don't know how to talk for that long. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like getting haircuts is probably one of the worst things ever because you have to small talk with people and I hate small talk. My favorite haircuts are when they just start cutting your hair and they don't talk to you at all. It's such a relief to be like, okay, great. I can, this is another safe space. You can cut my hair and it's nice and relaxing. Everybody loves getting their hair played with and I'll just sit here and be quiet and be zen in this moment so nice. My tattoo artist who does most of my tattoos, Aubrey, he's like that. He just puts on music and vibes and it's amazing. We don't talk to each other and he makes beautiful masterpieces on my body and then afterwards we chat and it's great, but just really appreciate that. Not saying yes gives me so much anxiety and by this I mean you know when someone asks me something and I don't want to say yes but I feel like I have to say yes. So not saying yes makes me feel like, oh, I'm going to puke. Like I just need to say yes to this person. 
saying no. <laughs> that also gives me anxiety. My brother is constantly asking me to do things, but they're always things that I hate. Like, oh, do you want to come with me and my friends to the bar? Do you want to go do this? And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I feel so good that you asked me. I feel so validated and I want to spend time with you, but no, I don't want to do this. And then I feel terrible and worry that he's never going to ask me again to do things. <sighs> the cycle. So the other day, I had a horrible day. My list is done now for right now. But the other day, I had a terrible anxious day. I'm just going to run you guys through it because I just really want you to understand if you haven't already understood from the rest of this podcast. I want you to understand how easy it is to feel anxiety, how easy it is to have these feelings overwhelm me, and how normal it is too. just everyday things. You don't have to have a reason to be anxious. You can just be anxious. You don't need to keep searching and stressing and nitpicking about what the issue is. You might just be anxious, and that is what it is. But the other day, Stacy and I went down to San Diego. First anxiousness was, of course, finding parking, because finding parking in the city is awful. We spent about 10 minutes driving around till finally I just found a parking garage and said, F it, let's park here. And we did. And that felt good because I didn't have to worry about getting a ticket or looking around anymore. I knew there was a spot for me and I could park there for as long as I needed to. After this, after we found parking, we went to a coffee shop that Stacy found. And the process was stressful trying to order because I couldn't find anything that I could eat on my diet. And then we both just decided we were going to get coffee. So we both order coffee and then I go to the bathroom. When I got out of the bathroom, Stacy tells me, oh, they didn't have enough cold brew for my coffee, so I just got one for you. And I said, oh gosh, okay, that already made me anxious. Like, I don't know why, but just that statement. I was like, why, why did you choose for me to get coffee? Why didn't you just get a cold brew? Like, now I have a coffee and you don't have a coffee? Oy vey. And then we get my coffee and I wanted to put sugar in it. So I walk over to the little sugar stand. Well, the they put so much coffee in my cup that the lid was sort of like overflowing. So as I'm trying to take the lid off, there's coffee spilling everywhere. I'm trying to put my sugar in, but of course it's a cold brew. So then the sugar wasn't melting in my coffee. And then I'm trying to clean off the coffee cup and then the top is leaking more. You guys, I just... I almost started crying right there in the coffee shop and I didn't want to take my mask off to sip the coffee because COVID. So then I'm like freaking out and I'm grabbing my coffee. I'm like, Stace, I need your help. Meanwhile, Stacy's filming the coffee shop so we can put it on my practicing alchemy page. And I'm like, I need you to put down your phone and help me. And I was freaking out. So we walk outside and I walk right outside, but there's people everywhere eating outside. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And so then I walk further down the block and she's yelling at me. She's like, Allie, where are you going? Allie, stop walking away from me. I'm like, oh my God, this girl. So I walk all the way across the street to like a secluded corner. And I'm like, listen, I'm having a panic attack right now. Like I'm freaking out about this coffee. I can't figure out the lid. The sugar's not mixing. The coffee tastes terrible there's coffee everywhere. I'm just like so upset. And she's like, what is happening? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm freaking out. Like I'm having the worst time. Finally, I just got worked up talking about it. Finally, I come down from the situation to decide I'm just going to throw the freaking coffee away because I didn't like it anyway. There was coffee everywhere. 
So I did it and I felt better by that decision. But yeah, we talked through it and I told her I was stressed. I felt cramped in the place. I felt like there was a bunch of people watching me. And then the most annoying part of it all, I felt like a basic B because my coffee wasn't the way I wanted it and it was spilling everywhere. And then I felt annoying that I was anxious because of this coffee debacle. Like who does that? And the whole time that I'm freaking out, I know it's ridiculous, but I'm still freaking out which is like the constant cycle of my anxiety. I'm in the middle of an episode and I know it's not rational. And yet, here I am feeling the way I'm feeling. You would think after that coffee debacle, I would, you know, the day would be better. Well, it wasn't because then after that, we had to find a new place to eat. And that stressed me out because for some reason, I felt like we were on a time crunch, which we weren't, but apparently time's always against me and my anxiety had. So we finally found a new place and we ordered and then we sat down and then we went to another coffee shop and I got a coffee. This one was better and Stacy ordered for me so I didn't have to stress out. So that was nice. Then we sit down to eat and we're eating and then Stacy's like, Ugh, I don't know why I got this, this ramen. I'm like, what do you mean? I thought you wanted ramen. She's like, no, I was actually going to get the the dumplings, but then you asked me like, why didn't, are you not getting ramen? So then I thought maybe I should get ramen. Well, this spiraled me into a dang thing as well, because I was like, I ruined your lunch now. Like I didn't make that decision for you. I just suggested that you get ramen because we're at a ramen restaurant, but if you didn't want it, you didn't have to get it. And so I felt like she was blaming me for her poor lunch. And then that gave me anxiety because I felt like I was responsible for her lunch being bad. Ah. And then after this, she was like, I've lost my appetite. So now I I just feel terrible. But I try to brush it off. I try to brush it off. So we walk around. We have a nice little stroll. And then we decide later to get another bite to eat because she's hungry again. I'm always hungry. So we go to this food hall place. Well, it's a food hall with no seating inside. So there's just a bunch of public seating outside. It's first come, first serve and all the tables are booked full. So we just have to stand and wait for tables. This process, anxiety, just the whole time. Trying to find a table, sending Stacy over to a table to talk to someone to see if we can sit there. People still in the table we wanted to sit in. People being rude to Stacy. Just the whole social aspect of it. Like, I wish there were reserved tables. Like if you ordered food, you automatically get a table because this process was too much for me. Honestly, the whole day was too much for me. I should have known at coffee that it wasn't going to be my day. And that's the thing. Like I said earlier, when I have days where I feel anxious, I try to still do the things, but I don't push it. And I think I definitely pushed it this day. I knew I was feeling terrible, and yet I still tried to do so many things. And it was terrible. We had a terrible day. Both of us did. (laughs) And then we went back home. I cried about it because I told her I just felt so awful the whole day. And she could tell I felt awful. That made her feel awful. So it was an awful day, but we got over it. We we managed, we got on the other side, but that's kind of what it's like in my life. And a reason why I've titled this Anxiety You Asshole, because normal things just become so ridiculously, absurdly hard and so emotional. I just was on the edge of crying all day long that day. And some days it's like that. Other days I freaking smash it, but it just 
depends on the day, how I wake up. <laughs> so that's just sort of giving you guys a little view into my life with anxiety. And just wanted you guys to know that you're doing great, regardless of if you have anxiety or not, you're doing amazing. And sometimes this life is weirdly hard in like the oddest ways. Just because something's hard doesn't mean you can't accomplish it. And also just because it looks from the outside that it shouldn't be hard doesn't mean that it's not going to be. It's okay if getting a haircut makes you stressed out. Me too. You're not alone. It's okay if when you make eggs in the morning and you accidentally pop your yolk, that makes you want to cry. Me too. Some days I just can't handle it when my food does not turn out how I want it. My main point in, in saying all this is just to remind you guys once again how much we are connected. How many people have anxiety? And although on the Instagram, maybe it doesn't always look like I have anxiety, but how many of us know that Instagram is not always reality? And I try to show you guys how I feel and the emotions I go through with the poems that I create. But I also try to show you that life is really fun and freeing when you let go. And that's what I do with my reels and with my book and my apparel, which is almost here. I'm so excited. I'm getting ready to print stuff on the clothes tonight. So if you're waiting for that, girl, it's here. Check my website tomorrow and you should be able to pre-order some clothes. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you felt connected to me. I hope you feel connected to the human race in general because remember we are all so connected, feeling lots of the same feelings, going through a lot of the same situations, and you are never alone. And if you step out of your comfort zone and allow yourself to be open and honest and authentic and vulnerable with other people, you will find that they feel the same way and other people feel the same way as you. You will find a community. You will find validation. You will find empathy. And that's what it's all about, connecting with others, helping them to feel less alone, and making these connections for yourself, realizing there are some really awesome, incredible people out there. And when we come together, we can make this life so beautiful. It's already so beautiful, but we can make it even more beautiful. Let me do that together. So go out today and love on someone. Say hi to someone when you're walking down the street. Open the door for someone at the grocery store. Go out of your way to be extra nice to someone because it could mean the world to them. And you reaching out and opening that door may allow them to do that for someone else too. And why the heck not try and make this world a better place? Thanks for listening, you guys. As I mentioned, my apparel's coming ASAP pronto, basically tonight. So head on over to practicingalchemy.com to find that. You can jump on my Instagram at practicingalchemy to see some mock-ups of it. Um, if you still want to buy my book, it's still available. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you have any questions, comments, just want to say hi. If you have any podcast topic suggestions, I would love them email me at practicingalchemy at gmail.com. I, I love talking to you guys and I can't wait to do it again soon. I would love some comments back 
on my Instagram or email so I can chat with you, give you what you want, you know, give the people what they want. All right. I love you guys. Have a great day. God bless.